A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company, where we're going to be talking about some infringy stuff on the uh, program today. Alex Bosco joins us from SB Tactical with the uh, latest on this guidance released by the ATF and the DOJ unofficially on uh, Thursday. We started actually getting some word about it Wednesday night. Uh, But the comment period for these proposed rules dealing with pistol stabilizing braces, they uh, they are up now at the Federal Register. And uh, we only have a brief window in which to comment uh, on the ATS proposed rules. So let's talk about this, because, you know, if you watch this program on a regular basis, you've heard Alex. He's joined us on the program several times over the past couple of months talking about the the growing issue uh, with the ATFs vague and arbitrary standards for what constitutes a short-barreled rifle uh, with a, as opposed to a pistol with a stabilizing brace. And so ATF's been supposedly working on these rules, trying to develop, you know, formal rules. Okay, well, they, they released their proposal, and the formal rules are just as vague and fuzzy and uh, arbitrary and capricious as, as they've been. It's just now they're official as opposed to the unofficial, vague, and fuzzy rules. So if you look at the uh, the standards of the ATF, um, I can't even call them standards. If, if you look at the guidelines that the ATF uses to say, okay, well, here's how you can tell if the, uh, the gun that you own is a pistol or if it's a short-barreled rifle, they don't actually tell you for sure. They, they use a lot of weasel words like likely and maybe and possibly – but they don't tell you, look, here's what you need to do if you want your gun to be legal, and here's what you do if you want your gun to be an NFA item. They don't, they don't, let, they don't let you know. Uh, and instead, they say, here's what may be an NFA item. Here's what we would likely consider to be an NFA item, but we can't tell you for sure. Uh, but under this proposal, the ATF says, look, we, we want to make it easy for you gun owners. If, you're, if you think that you may own one of these items that uh, could be considered a short-barreled rifle that would need to be registered under the National Firearms Act, well, we want to open up the NFA and let you do so. Free. You don't even have to pay the $200 tax stamp. You can just go ahead. We'll give you an amnesty. And you can sign up and you can register your gun with us just to be on the safe side. Or, they say, you can take the stabilizing brace off of your AR-style pistol and you can destroy it. Or you can replace the barrel on your AR-style pistol and make sure that it's uh, long enough that it would not be considered a short-barreled rifle. Or they say you can turn your gun in to the ATF and they'll take care of it for you. Or you can destroy your firearm. One other option they don't mention but sort of left unsaid is you could keep your AR-style pistol with the stabilizing brace attached. And if the ATF ever finds it, they could uh, likely possibly, maybe, charge you with a felony that could result in a 10-year federal prison sentence. Yeah. So you got the carrot, right? Here, we're going to let you register for free. You got the stick. If you don't, and we determine later on that uh, your gun is an NFA item, how'd you like to spend the next 10 years behind bars? That's the carrot and the stick that the uh, ATF and DOJ are using here. And that, I think, sets up uh, today's conversation with Alex Bosco of SB Tactical talking about these proposed rules by the ATF and the public comment period, again, is now open for gun owners. 
Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show, sir. It's good talking with you today. Good seeing you again, Cam. Yeah, so this draft document uh, that we're seeing here, and now it's official. It's been posted, uh, but it, you know it started leaking out uh, on Thursday. You know, you and I have talked about the arbitrary and capricious standards that the ATF is using, the, this quote-unquote holistic approach, where we got to look at the entire firearm to determine if uh, it's a short-barreled rifle or if it's a pistol. Um, they're now codifying this. I mean, you and I have talked about the the how this has already impacted the industry and how the industry has been looking for answers. Give us, give us, you know, clear guidelines to follow. The ATF apparently listened to the industry and came back and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave it vague. We're going to tell you, oh, if your gun has this, it might be considered a short-barreled rifle, likely could be considered a short-barreled rifle, but we're not going to give the industry or end users clear standards to go on uh, but instead, we're going to try to, you know, encourage people to, to register these guns voluntarily under the NFA, even if they're not actually NFA items. And if you don't, you run the risk of a 10 year federal felony. Yeah, well, um, I, you know, I wish I had a better way to say it than you just did. Um, the reality of it is, is that. The document, the documents. um Factors, if you want to call that, I call them categories, but they call them factors, but there is no numeric number in there. So there really is no factor in there, but the categories are not exhaustive. So if they're not exhaustive and the whole point of this document is to allow people to understand whether or not they have a product that is either non-NFA and legal to own um, without any kind of, you know, felony offense or they know that it is okay and there's nothing in the document that's been posted that allows any, anyone either in the industry or in private or in any kind of commerce to come up with a way what their product is or is not and the whole purpose and i've had this discussion with a few people for the past well, for the past five years i've been trying to get the atf to give us standards they are the regulatory agency, and as a regulatory agency, they have the ability, okay, and the mandate, okay, based on what they do to let us know what is and what is not something, okay? We know that the definition of machine gun on an AR-15 is if you add that hole, well, now we have a machine gun, okay? We know definitively what that means. If you have a pistol, okay, or a rifle with a barrel of less than 16 inches, we know we have a short-barreled rifle. These are all common factors that we know. Well, this latest document, okay, that was done by DOJ, and the reason it was done by DOJ was because it was taken out of ATF's hands. It was taken out of ATF's hands because we pulled in the Department of Justice saying, we're trying to get something done, and we're not getting anything done. So... They took it out of ATF's hands, and ATF essentially said, uh, okay, DOJ is going to do it. And for the past four months, we know that they've been kind of drafting this document. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the best they came up with. This document here is, is the best that our Department of Justice can come up with, a document that is so vague, so there's nothing in this document that allows anybody to understand what needs to be done. 
And therefore, the conclusion I come to, and I think anybody else would, but this is from dealing directly with the ATF, is that they want to stop commerce. They don't agree with these types of pistols. They don't want these pistols to go out. And the only way they know how to do it is to create enough confusion so as to scare everyone into not doing anything, putting up their hands and saying, I've, I've had enough. I'm going to wait and see where this goes. And essentially, that's what they've done. They've stopped commerce. They've stopped commerce based on a document that's been written that makes no sense to anyone. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, the standard that is, is being put forth here under these uh, proposed rules is basically we'll know it when we see it. Uh, the ATF will know, uh, you know, a, a, an NFA item when they see it, but they won't tell you or they won't tell me or anybody else who might own an AR style pistol whether or not they consider that to be uh, an NFA item. And so, as you say, you know, what what are your options here? Uh, the ATF in this proposed rule says, well, look, we want to offer basically an amnesty for anybody who owns these guns. You can register them under the NFA. You don't even have to pay the tax stamp. Uh, so you can do it free and clear. And, and you might as well, you know, better play it safe than sorry. If you don't know and we can't tell you or we won't tell you whether or not this gun is actually an NFA item, go ahead and register. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, just register your gun. But then they also make clear if you don't and we determine that your gun is an NFA item, you know, you could be prosecuted. You could be facing 10 years in prison. So they say the other options besides registration, which, again, they're willing to waive that fee in order to uh, dangle that carrot for gun owners. They say you can either remove the barrel or replace it with one that uh, is not going to be considered a short barreled rifle. Uh, you can remove the stabilizing brace and destroy it. Right. You can't even maintain possession of it. Uh, or you can turn your gun into the ATF and let them have it. Or you can destroy your firearm. Those are the options that the ATFs provided. So even though this is supposedly voluntary and they're just, you know, encouraging people to voluntarily register, there, there's a stick to go along with that carrot, Alex. And the, and the stick is we're not going to tell you if you're in compliance with the law or not. But if you're not, you could be facing a decade in federal prison. Uh, prison. Right. Well, the, the, the part that to me is obscene, as usual, the part that disgusts me to no end is that you have a government agency that has been mandated to regulate this industry that gives no standards and no options mm -hmm. other than to register a gun. Now, the whole purpose of this document, the, the whole purpose of putting out a document that gives standards is to allow me and you, okay, to be able to look at what we've got, okay, I've got this gun in my hand and be able to look at it and say, well, okay, Based on what you're telling me, I know what I've got. So I know that I don't have to register it, or I know that I should register it. Okay. Well, based on their sets, okay, everything needs to be registered. Nothing is approved. There is no approved brace. And, oh, by the way, we don't approve braces. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you have an approval because in the end, if you put some kind of accessory on this firearm, the gun could be an NFA firearm. If you put a scope a rifled scope on an AR-15 pistol, according to this document, your weapon could be or may be defined as an NFA firearm. So you could or may go to prison for up to 10 years. Now, considering that we are the largest group of, I think, the most law-abiding citizens of this country, why? Because we don't want to lose this love of firearms that most of us have, 
Okay, we want to self-regulate. Well, this document doesn't allow anybody to self-regulate. What it does is it codifies the ATFs. We'll know it when we see it attitude to anything and everything. And that is, I mean, if that doesn't piss the citizen off, the fact that the government wants to hold the, the thing that the, the government can do to you is to take away your freedom. That is the most that they can do. Well, they're holding the entire Second Amendment community in a position where they've got this rubber ruler and they can decide at any given point what they want to do with, with the ability of putting you in prison. And people are and, – and, and it, I, I hate calling out people and I'm not going to do it. But you see some comments that are like, oh, great. Thank God I can do it. I get a free $200 voucher and I can take my gun and register it. Oh, this is great. No, that's that's not great. Okay, that's that's the ATF kind of. I mean, do you think we're stupid? And maybe some of us are. You know, maybe some of us are. But this freebie is what everybody's looking for. And by the way, do you think we've sold maybe three to? I don't know, let's just say there's four million braces out on the market right now. I guarantee you that if this thing goes through, there'll be 16 million people trying to register a free short-barreled rifle. It's not going to be 4 million. It's going to be way more because everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, let's just do free registration for now. And we've got, what, six to eight-month period wait for suppressors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think, we think the federal government is going to be able to take care of all of this? And do we want that? Do we want everybody registering their firearms? I don't think that's fair. It's not fair at all. Well, I certainly don't. And I know that uh, there are millions of gun owners out there who who do feel the same way. Um, and right now is the time for them to speak out. I mean, the public comment period uh, just opened up. I, I don't think it's any coincidence they're doing this at the end of the year when, you know, a lot of us are on vacation. We're not paying as much attention to the news. We're busy with family and the holidays. So they, they drop this now. Uh, but it is vitally important that that gun owners, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to the, the folks at your gun club. Make sure that people are aware of this, because now is the time to speak up. Um, how easy is it to actually comment and, and make your voice heard on this issue when you try to contact uh, ATF or DOJ, Alex? Apparently this morning I found out that people are trying to comment on the, the federal registered government page. Yeah. And- their link is not working. So I don't know what that means, but it is classic. I mean, I don't think it surprises anybody. I mean, it's unfortunate. And I think, well, I'll say, well, that's unfortunate. And, but it's just your government at work. You know, this is the best we've got. This went to the highest people. We've been engaging people all the way up to the White House. Okay. And after all these months of discussions of trying to come to a conclusion, this document that we've downloaded that everybody is reading is the best we have. It's the best we have for all the people that, that, that you know, want to maintain their Second Amendment rights. These are the guys that are in government. And I guess the answer is, yeah, this is the best we've got. This is the best we've got. And so what's the call to action, I guess, is what everybody's saying. You know, I, I'd like to say, yeah, donate money to whomever you like we said last time. You know, I, I don't care who you want to go to. Let it be the NRA, GOA, NAGR, Fire and Policy Coalition, whoever you work with, 
that you want to work with, you should be donating money to them in some way, shape, or form so that hopefully those people, okay, will stick up for us. Now, a lot of people have been saying, well, the NRA hasn't done anything. You know, the NRA has been helping us out. NSSF, I, I went to their webpage a little while ago, nothing. NSSF is supposed to be the, the, the industry uh, helper for this kind of stuff. There's nothing there. Where are these people? Like, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I know that the, the amount of money I'm spending every year on attorneys, okay? I'm putting up the good fight. You know, I know there's frack action. I know that those guys are, are going to be helping us out um, by setting up if there's going to be a law, if, if there's going to be a lawsuit, which you damn well better think there will be. Um, I think people need to st start commenting. Do whatever you can. I mean, yeah. now is not the time to sit back. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, uh, you know, you are prepared to challenge this legally uh, if this goes through. But, you know, obviously it's, it's better to stop uh, a bad rule from being implemented uh, than it is to, you know, fight a bad rule in court and hopefully get it thrown out. So if we can, you know, be preemptive here, uh, then I think that's the way to go. But it is disappointing and it's frustrating because I know that, you know, I've heard from a lot of gun owners over the last 24 hours or so asking, OK, where is the White House? Where is Donald Trump on this? Um, you're, you're saying that, you know, you've had contacts or, or there have been contacts with the White House. What what can you talk about the reaction or, or the the amount of interest that you've seen from the administration in terms of dealing with this issue? It's it's hard because. There's conversation as, as you and I speak right now. I know there are conversations going on at the highest levels of government. There's, okay. election, there's an election going on in Georgia. Um, the idea that a document that would be the largest gun registration in U.S. history under Trump comes out two weeks before the end of, a, uh, of an election that is so important to us in Georgia and that nobody in politics is really saying anything you don't think that's going to affect the second amendment voters of the state of georgia that under trump under trump there's nothing happening and they're attempting to register firearms millions of firearms i mean if that's not a big deal to the politicians i hate to say this but they don't do, they don't deserve to be in power they don't if they don't see this they, they just don't deserve to be there. And, you know, the, the meetings that we've had with the highest levels of government haven't given me faith. They haven't given me that warm fuzzy that I think all of us look for in a leader that has told us time and time again, he's there for our Second Amendment rights. Okay. I don't want to say a leader. I'll say our leaders because it's not just one person in politics. It's more than one. I don't see that in many people. I see a lot of talk and I've seen senators write letters left and right over the past few months, you know, including Matt Gates, including Loeffler and including Purdue. All those people wrote a letter to the attorney general. Well, the attorney general is not there. And frankly, the document that was released was released by our attorney general and the Department of Justice. And if this is what he got. If this is what Bill Barr, after all of these conversations over the past few months, has gotten, and he comes out with a document that suggests that millions of people should register our firearms, I, don't, I would suggest that he does not understand his constituents. 
He doesn't understand who the people who vote for them are, or he doesn't understand this group of people at all. So. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, I, I, I hear the frustration in your voice and I feel it as well because you're right. I mean, this is, as you described, I mean, this could be the largest gun registration attempt in, in U.S. history, uh, given the, you know, the, the vagueness of these standards and the number of firearms that can be called into question. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know why, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe the news cycle is, uh, you know, certainly the mainstream media is not interested in covering this story. You know, CNN does not want to uh, promote uh, uh, this story. MSNBC doesn't want to talk about the power grab by uh, the ATF here with these rules. So it is going to be up to gun owners. It is going to be up to generally conservatives because conservative media is generally more pro-Second Amendment than the other uh, mainstream media is. It's going to be up to our circles to not only get the word out, but as you say, to activate folks, to get them to understand why they need to speak up, why they need to speak out, why this is so important. Uh, and, you know, uh, how long is this public comment period? Is it 30 days? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because you would think it was you would think it was 30 days. It is not 30 days. It is 14 days. And the reason oh, Jesus. the reason that the federal government thinks it shouldn't be granted the 30 day period of time. And I'll quote from their letter because it's in footnote nine and it says, only significant guidance documents, as defined by 28 CFR, are required to be made available for public notice and comment for at least 30 days. Only significant ones. The exceptions are, okay, the exceptions are in this footnote, is when the, when the, the notice and public comment are impracticable. And I'm thinking to myself, impracticable, you mean like when it's during a holiday season, possibly? Like when it's when you've got Christmas and New Year's and the last day that you can comment is New Year's Eve? That's kind of impractical. That's that 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 should be an exception. Well, the second exception is when it's unnecessary. Will they write here? Well, let me think. Is the brace something that is a, a danger to society? Is it something that needs to be taken care of immediately within these next fourteen period? So unnecessary is an exception. And then the other one, the last one, which which I find most interesting, is that when it's they only give you. Um, more than 14 days if it's contrary to the public interest. So do, do you think that this might be contrary to the public interest? Four million people? And, and this is written in their document, Cam. So essentially they're saying only significant guidance documents get more than 14 days. This and is they don't consider, yeah. And again, just like they, they may consider, uh, you know, a gun with a stabilizing brace to be a, short barrel rifle, uh, apparently they, they may consider this to be an insignificant issue, but it's not for the millions of Americans who own these firearms. This is, uh, and, and frankly, every American who cares about their Second Amendment right, this is a significant issue. Uh, and that is unbelievable. I, got, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm not an attorney, Alex, but I would think that the 14-day period alone, uh, when you start looking at, you know, uh, 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 challengeable actions here, that would appear to be one of them, uh, that the ATF should give the public more time to comment on this, uh, but they're not. So again, th that 14-day period, that encompasses Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, uh, as well as a couple of weekends. So get your comments in early. We're going to give folks a link uh, at barryandarms.com. And Alex, I want to stay on this with you. Uh, can you come back... Um, even if we just have to do something over the phone, can, uh, can we maybe touch base next week and just get an update from you? 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, and I enjoy talking to you. I think most of all, I'm here for the people who have all these questions. Um, I see the comments online. I am, um, unfortunately an overly sensitive fellow and I read a lot of it. You get a lot of these people saying, oh, he's only in it for his money. He, what does he know? Um, what's the other one? He needs to destroy his entire database of, of, of customers so that when the government comes to him to steal the customers, he's only thinking for himself. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff you see online. Um, I'm here for everyone who's ever purchased one of my products, and I'm here for people who love the Second Amendment. Okay, and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And this does not end here. Okay. This does not end here. We will fight for this tooth and nail. The one requirement we have, okay, is that people comment. Okay. And in those comments, they want your name. Okay. Your address. They don't want profanities. They want you to know what you think about this idea of not having any characteristics and holding you liable for a felony offense. So I'll be back for you whenever you need me, Cam. All right, Alex. I appreciate it very much, man. Thank you so much for your time today, and we'll talk again soon. All right, I appreciate Alex joining us on the program, and I'm I'm glad to hear a couple of things. Um, a, I'm glad to hear that, you know, if this bad proposed rule becomes a a bad regulation, that um, that he is planning on challenging this in court. That that's very good news. I'm encouraged by uh, the high level discussions that continue to take place. Uh, but again. The administration needs to hear from gun owners, too. They need to know that this is an important issue. Uh, as I said in my first piece at Bearing Arms on Thursday about this uh, proposed regulation, you know, Donald Trump keeps talking about maybe 2024. Donald Trump Jr., rumored to be interested in a political career. There's been talk about Laura Trump running for Senate in uh, 2022. It, this, this would be a really bad way to uh, to leave gun owners uh and, and you know put a pause on the political aspirations for the next couple of years to let this proposed rule go unchallenged um whatever the president can do the president should be doing right now to put a stop to this and i know he's got a lot on his plate i know that uh you know there's the the covid fight uh, there is still the election fight. I, I know all of that. There's the elections in Georgia that uh, we talked about. I know all of those things. But this is an important issue. And as gun owners, we need to remind our elected officials how important an issue this is. So, again, it, you can um, find out. Go to BarryAndArms.com and look for uh, this story, and you'll find a link to uh, the Federal Register, which hopefully works, and you can submit your comments that way. But I would also, again, I'd reach out to the White House, I would reach out to your member of Congress and your U.S. senators, uh, particularly if, if they're pro-gun. But even if they're not, I'd still reach out to them and let them know this is an issue that they need to be speaking up about, that this is an issue that they need to be vocal on, that these vague and uh, uh, fuzzy standards that simply we have no way of knowing whether or not they can be met should not be the basis for, as uh, Alex said, stopping commerce completely they should not be the basis for a potential 10-year prison sentence if the government can't tell you hey this is good that's not 
Hope that clears up any confusion. If they can't present you with those clear standards, if instead the standard is, well, we know it when we see it, but you won't know it until we see it. How on earth can anybody be expected to comply? Which is why even though there is no mandate to register firearms, the ATF is encouraging folks to do so, knowing that that will be the only option for a lot of folks. Uh, This is bad rulemaking. You know, and and I know the NFA, I know gun owners would like to see the NFA go away completely. Right there with you. Uh, But for now, the NFA is in place. And this ruling or this proposed rule uh, from ATF and DOJ would mean that millions of firearms that are currently legally owned uh, would now become prohibited items unless they were registered with the government using these vague and fuzzy standards. They can't even tell you for sure if you need to. They're just saying better safe than sorry. That's not the way the law should work. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. Our recidivist report as well. Uh, we'll start there with a story out of uh, Tulsa, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama where an individual now facing attempted murder charges after uh, shooting at an occupied car, 28-year-old Bruce Thomas, arrested on a warrant on Wednesday and uh, charged with attempted murder, according to Tuscaloosa police. Stems from a shooting back on December the 1st, at 3.30 in the afternoon. They say a victim inside a vehicle was not injured when the shots were fired into the vehicle, but the vehicle itself was struck numerous times. Uh, Police noted that Bruce Thomas had several outstanding warrants when he was taken into custody on Wednesday this week uh, for probation revocation on previous cases. Yeah, so he's had his probation revoked multiple times uh, for previous crimes, but was still back out on the streets, uh, including robbery and kidnapping, by the way. So we're not talking about little ticky-tack offenses, driving without a seatbelt, jaywalking, robbery, kidnapping. And uh, Bruce Thomas, already out of probation for those crimes at the uh, tender age of 28, now he's back behind bars and uh, facing what looks to be the most serious charges of his criminal career. Uh, Our armed citizen story today, boy, this is a wild one, from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, where a 22-year-old man was killed by paramedics after he shot at those paramedics who were providing aid to his girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Told you this was a wild story. Uh, according to uh, Arkansas Online, officers got a call regarding two paramedics who had been shot just before 4.40 a.m. on Thursday. 35-year-old Joshua Godfrey was sitting in the back of an ambulance bleeding. 21-year-old John Spriggs Sr. lying on the ground beside the ambulance when police arrived. Paramedics told officers that they were rendering aid in the back of the ambulance to a 20-year-old woman who was complaining of knee pain when her boyfriend guy named Kevin Curl Jr. walked up to them, told uh, uh, the uh, uh, paramedics, told police that uh, Curl refused to back up, uh, pushed the 21-year-old paramedic and asked what he was going to do about it. Then the paramedic punched uh, Curl, who then pulled out a gun, shot both paramedics approximately three times each in the chest, pelvic, and abdomen areas. Uh, 21-year-old John Spriggs Sr. fired with his own handgun, striking Curl. When officers arrived, they found Curl dead on the kitchen floor of a residence. 
um, with at least one shot uh, gunshot wound to the chest. Both of the paramedics, as well as the woman, were transported to a local hospital to be treated for their injuries. Uh, case handed over to the detective's office remains ongoing at the time of the release. Would certainly appear to be a, a case of self-defense. And this is an issue that has come up, actually, in recent years. There have been some bills filed around the country that would allow, because some states actually don't allow paramedics or EMTs to carry on the job. Uh, and first responders want that ability. Um, there have been a number of cases you've had, you know, paramedics and EMTs, even fire officials who said, look, we'll, we'll get, we'll get called out to like a drug overdose, for example. And we're the first ones there. Police haven't even arrived. We're there. We use Narcan to revive somebody. And all of a sudden they, they come to, and they're violent. They're swinging. And we feel unsafe. This is another one of those examples here. I'm sure that there are going to be gun control advocates who say, oh, why do these paramedics even have a gun on them anyway? Why? They're paramedics. They're supposed to be saving lives, not taking lives. Well, here you go. Because even as a first responder, even as somebody who's there to save lives, your very life may be threatened. This guy shot these paramedics. And who knows what would have happened had the 21-year-old not been able to return fire. So we'll keep an eye on this story. We'll give you more details as it become available. Hopefully we'll have some uh, new information for you on Monday's Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day from Springfield, Missouri, where Corporal Mike Evans has been uh, lauded by Eden Village, which is a charity that helps the homeless find shelter there in the Springfield, Missouri area. He received the No One Sleeps Outside Award from the organization uh, because of an incident that uh, happened earlier this year. He's patrolling in downtown Springfield, Missouri. Said he met a man who told him he wanted to get treatment for a substance abuse issue and be able to return home to his family. Corporal Evans took it upon himself to call the man's mom, make arrangements to get him home safe. He said, I, I don't ever just walk past them, talking about the uh, homeless population there in Springfield, Missouri. I don't ever just walk past them. He said, I stop and I talk to them. I find out about their life. I talk to them about my life, just kind of see what's going on with them and how they're doing that day. Because in the end, they're people just like the rest of us. So in the right place, at the right time, willing to do the right thing with the right mindset. Corporal Mike Evans there in Springfield, Missouri. We certainly thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for joining us on the program as well. Hope you have a great weekend. We will be back next week. Got to take a couple of days off. Probably, you know, no, no, no show on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, but at least Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, we will have uh, programs for you. So make sure that you tune in. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube, also at rumble.com. You can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company. You want the video. Just want the audio version of the show. We got you covered there as well. Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Just a few of the options available to you. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, be free, and make your voice heard when it comes to these new proposed rules for pistol stabilizing braces. 